What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 606th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Al. And I am awake, physically, maybe not mentally. <laughs> You've already done your work day, though. It's early here. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we also have Chris from the GoCast here with us today, too. What's going on? I'm awake, although that's not exciting. It's it's the middle of the day, so less notable, I suppose. I have less excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like the first official episode you've been on, Chris. Otherwise, we've done like crossover episodes, but like not a numbered episode. Yes, that's true. I'm nervous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, before we get in, I guess if, in, in case any of my, uh, my listeners don't know who you are, you can do your little little spiel. Oh, sure. It's nice and, it's nice and quick. Hi, I'm Chris, um, and uh, I run a podcast called uh, GoCast Podcast. It's a Pokemon Go-specific podcast, so um, you, you get your Pokemon Go news here. We also cover the same news over there, so if you like what you hear, more of that at GoCast. That's pretty go. much it. You can find us anywhere. Hey. Yep. A anywhere you find podcasts. If you're watching the video version, I am still like sunburnt because I got sunburnt at the event. <laughs> I forgot sunscreen. <laughs> but it was like so nice. We like here's okay. So this episode we're going to talk. We're just going to talk about uh, the go tour because we were there, whether it was worth the money, all that stuff. Uh, first time Al was in America. It's also like. Yep. When this comes out, it's coming out the day before Pokemon Day, and we've already done a speculation episode. We'll do like a Pokemon Day episode, obviously, when that happens. So this is like a good we'll hold holding us over until Pokemon Day. <laughs> I guess starting with the event, uh, it had perfect weather, except it was too perfect. It was deceiving, and I didn't put sunscreen on because it was like 65. There was a nice breeze. There was some clouds. And then I got sunburned. The clouds what gets you. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, you go, oh, it's not sunny. Yeah, but those UV rays still get you. And it's winter. We're not meant to get sunburned in the winter. That's true. I've never gotten sunburned in February before. <laughs> really, it's Niantic's <laughs> fault. How dare they? I don't, think we, I don't think I got sunburned in Vegas. You didn't? I certainly did. I got cooked in Vegas. Oh, yeah. I think I do remember that. <laughs> yeah i'm pretty like in, sure i was close to sun poisoning in the game which is like a a live event go uh staple for me personally i suppose i feel like in vegas don't you get sunburned just from the the artificial lighting it's so strong that's true yeah <laughs> that, that neon <laughs> crisps you right up <laughs> disclosures here uh niantic did pay for chris's ticket and my ticket to the event which was like what like 35 dollars or something yeah, plus all the add-ons, so whatever that value was, was like 70-some-odd some odd dollars, I think. Oh, the egg incubator, the... Right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no shirt. For whatever reason, Niantic's like, you gotta buy your own shirt. No shirt. <laughs> no handouts. <laughs> We're not handing out shirts here for free. So just disclosure, <laughs> Niantic did pay for our tickets. Al paid for his own ticket, and then we all paid for our own flights and hotels. So there's your disclosure whether or not which was significantly more than $35. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. <laughs> uh and it was Al's first time in America. We, do we want to start there? Yeah. Al, I thought you would have way more culture shock and it didn't seem like you had any. 
so well i wouldn't say there wasn't any i think at the actual event it was very easy not to have culture shock right because it's just a golf course and as <laughs> sure there was the stadium but like we have stadia here like it's not an unusual thing like none of that was weird um and it's not like american people being around is weird like i live near edinburgh which is a very touristy city so there's always americans right i will say i think the the most foreign it felt was when after i got off the the metro and i was walking to my hotel and i was like wait how do roads work because <laughs> i just i suddenly realized these crosswalks as you call them there are so different to how crossings work over here so it was just like i have no idea how to work these immediately like sure you press the button but you have to find the button. The buttons are not in the place I would expect them to be. You know, that was probably the biggest shock to me. Huh. It's just like at roads. Yeah, I noticed when I was with Tone that he wouldn't walk when it said do not walk. But like you have so much time. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that I think that's because so here jaywalking is not illegal at all. Right. So I would do it all the time here. But I am aware that at least in some places in America, it is illegal. And the chances of you getting caught are very minuscule. But I think when you're in, I don't know about you guys, but when you're in a foreign country, I think you are way more careful than you need to be. Because it's like, I am not doing anything that risks me getting arrested, even on the most silly thing. So yeah, like that, I think was probably the reason why. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's completely fair. I'm from Chicago, so uh, jaywalking isn't even in my vocabulary. I think it's technically not legal, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I feel but, like if yeah. you're in Chicago, you everyone's jaywalking. If you're if you're not jaywalking, yeah. you're you you you're you're a tourist. <laughs> right. The crosswalk is where the traffic is not. <laughs> that's the rule of thumb. Yeah, there was actually there was one there was one intersection I noticed in Pasadena that had crosswalks diagonally as well as across the way and even there I, there i felt i heard some americans confused and they were like i don't i feel like i'm doing something wrong walking diagonally across <laughs> and i'm like that's funny because like yeah i would just do that all the time in in the cities here oh i feel like for an event in pasadena i okay i i, I feel like silly i was gonna say dumb but also but, but mostly silly i like i booked my hotel in pasadena which was like slightly more expensive because Pasadena is like a nicer city. And I felt like I spent zero time in Pasadena. And it was like, why <laughs> did I... we were always driving somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I was like, why did I book here <laughs> <laughs> at all? But there was... Niantic did do... Like, here are some touristy things to do in Pasadena. And the, for the most part, they're all pretty walkable. And I don't think I did any of them. Like, I walked to a... a jack-in-the-box and i walked to a rite aid and i walked to a target but those are just to like get necessities not to necessarily explore the city they did have a park and ride station in pasadena that you park your car and then the bus would just there was just constant buses that were free that would take you to the stadium but it wasn't efficient for me to do that it was a 25-minute walk to walk to the station and then another, like, 15 minutes on the bus because it has to go its weird way, where I could just take a 10-minute a Uber for $10, which I guess was the benefit of being in Pasadena the Uber was really cheap, and then just have them drop yeah. me off. You could just drive and park there for $30. I think parking was $30. And I don't know how much of a mess that was. It's a stadium. I'm sure they had way more than enough parking for that. 
So, yeah, I don't think the amount of parking was the problem. I think it was the everybody came out at the same time that was the issue. So we, so you, you got there, what, half an 40 minutes, 45 minutes ahead of us or something. And we got the bus. We we drove to um, the uh, the park and ride and we got on the bus. And the bus was fine for most of the time. But once we got on the road down to the, the, down to the stadium, it was gridlock. There were so many cars because there were like three roads all coming together at one point. And there were queues up all of those roads. So eventually what we managed to do is we actually convinced the bus driver to let us off and we walked down and we were overtaking the traffic at that point yeah yeah. so i think it was just like everybody decided oh i'm going to get there for 10 to 9 and that gives me enough time but of course if everybody decides they're going to do that and ten thousand people decide they want to park the cars all at the same time that's the problem there <laughs> which doesn't make sense because this is a stadium and i feel like getting in maybe and people are more spread out then when there's an actual game i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> see what there's a football game <laughs> They know how to handle traffic, I guess. I don't know. Like with with football games, people are showing up like two hours early or or more sometimes to tailgate and stuff. So maybe that does sort of like help a little bit. But yeah, we were all trying to get there like within the same thirty minutes, and there's just like one lane streets surrounding the stadium more or less, and it was just like neighborhoods right away, and yeah. then the stadium. So it was it was pretty crazy, I think, infrastructure wise, but. But Ubers were remarkably cheap. I do want to go back and highlight that because especially compared to uh, getting an Uber in New York for GoFest, like the same distance was like three times the cost. I was I was very surprised in California to see Ubers that cheap. And then the Ubers for Vegas were also not very cheap either. No. And it was much farther because there was nothing around the Vegas park at all. (laughs) Subway. There was the not not a subway, but the food place right, not subway. A, not a subway station, a subway restaurant. That's right. <laughs> Just I, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder how much of that is to do with it's California in February, because Vegas, mm. I suspect, is probably pretty busy all year round, right? Because yeah. like you don't go there to be outside. You go in. You go there to go gamble and drink and and do all those things, right? Whereas in California, you go to go to the beach. And so it's not going to be as busy in February. And then obviously New York was in the summer, which all bets off then, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Seemingly so, at least. I don't live there, but it definitely <laughs> it seemed like that for sure. I don't know. Maybe people are going to New York in January and February. I don't know. I uh, wouldn't because I'd be too I mean, risky getting stuck in the snowstorm. I don't know. You know? <laughs> Could ice skate to the Statue of Liberty and back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that freezes right over, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So for being a stadium, I have like I have three problems written down for this entire event, which is very which is a small amount of problems compared to past Pokemon Go events. The first problem was for being a stadium and having technically eight plus entrances, how like A B C D E F G H. I don't know that there's an I. I think it went up to H. They only had one entrance open, and I guess I was foolish. I was surprised, but not surprised. The thing that happened in Vegas, so here's some context. The thing that happened in Vegas is Niantic put out a tweet saying, hey, <laughs> I, lo- I love this tweet, by the way. I thought this tweet was awesome. They said, hey, if you don't have a ticket to this event, maybe don't show up. And it was like a very passive aggressive tweet. And I'm all for them being passive aggressive. I think it was great. I loved it. I know some people were like, 
well that's your fault like no i thought it was a great tweet i stand by the passive aggressive niantic i loved it but what happened in vegas is they put up a wi-fi network and they they calculated i don't know the math of like we can have this many people in this area and everything will be fine they calculated it to be like twenty thousand people and i think they sold like eighteen thousand tickets for that event or something it was like they had just like a buffer of people and then what happened is 30,000 people showed up. And this is like a classic American thing. And I even saw this leading up to this event, uh, this event, the, the LA event of like, I don't have a ticket. I'm still going to show up and play. I don't have a ticket, but maybe I'll, I'll get a ticket when I'm there. Or I don't have a ticket, but my friend is going. And so you have 30,000 people on a 20,000 person network. And then the whole thing crashed. You, it is a public park. You're allowed to be in it, right? Like, but I think there's like that entitlement of like, or or the like lack of research of like, even when I was walking into LA, I walked past a group of people that were like, we don't have tickets, we'll just get them at the door. And like, there 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 is no tickets at the door. <laughs> like, yeah, how, no. how did you pay $30 to park, drive all this way, and then like walk up with the the mindset of like, well, they must have tickets there. Yeah. And, and the th I think the thing is, I can understand now having been in a city where a Pokemon Go event is happening. I can understand people going, I want to be there, right? Because like playing in downtown Pasadena on the Sunday was pretty fun, right? There were there were people everywhere. And, and like I was just walking down and someone, I think I was wearing the t-shirt. The so maybe that's how they knew. But they were like, oh, did you know about Basculin on Roots? And I was like, oh, yeah, cheers, I did, thanks. You know, just that sort of stuff. It was There was a real community spirit there. And I can understand people doing that. But there's a big difference between that and trying to actually show up to the stadium itself. Um, I don't know. They, they turned off the spawns around the stadium when yep. you were outside the geofence. I don't know if that was new. Was that a new thing they did? No, or have they, they done that at previous events? They've done that at other events where they okay. make a dead zone before you get in. Yeah, and that yeah. wasn't even just for, for non-ticket holders, that was for everyone. We mm -hmm. were standing in the queue for half an hour, and the disappointing thing is then you're standing in the queue for half an hour and you can't play Pokemon Go, because you're just seeing nothing around you except the, st the stops that are in a distance. But I understand why they did it. It is nice, though, because it was technically a fenced sort of experience, so non-ticket holders really couldn't even get in, uh, mm -hmm. more or less, um, to this event, which was different than Vegas. Vegas was just open. Uh, you could walk across the street after enjoying a subway sandwich and uh, and hop into the park. I have no other reference to any other place around that, so I'm just going to keep referencing it. Uh, well, but yeah, this was not the case. There was queues and security checks and all sorts of stuff, so, and and it was a fenced-in golf course. So well, th this is why I felt silly because I was like, why would you have to go through the gate into the stadium? Because the stadium itself had really nothing in it. Like like if you look at the map. Everything is on the golf course. And I was like, why would you have to get in line to go into the stadium to then go to the golf course? But the golf course was gated in. So what we're saying is this event was a gated event, which was not like Vegas, which was walk anywhere, which was not like the second or third time they did Chicago, which was walk anywhere. But it is right. similar to Osaka, which I went to for GoFest, which was in a stadium. Well, the Expo 96 Park, uh, which was gated which also had a line that you had to stand in, which we could argue, we could sit here and spend the next hour arguing that Japanese people are way more efficient at standing in a line than American people. This is, there's really no debate there, honestly. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think we're going to argue very much on that at all. 
<laughs> and then the Berlin Park for GoFest, which was two years ago now, also was gated. But it was like, if you were a ticket holder to that park, you could go in regardless. Uh, but that park had like eight entrances as well. The This park for LA had one entrance. And then the the, Jap- the Japanese Osaka Park had one entrance. So it's it's you solve a problem by like not overloading your server by having a gated entrance, and then you don't come off as petty, being like "Don't come to this public place." But then you you have the line issue, which is like, I believe they you, did open more gates for the Sunday, so I they don't did. know. Yeah, that's what I heard. Get, yeah, I'm assuming the lines were better on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I was there around nine, and it was a, just a completely different picture. Right. Okay. Because yeah. when yeah, because when we arrived at nine, like it took us ten minutes to find the end of the queue. Oh <laughs> in yeah, the first it was, place. It was you crazy. Know, like, yeah. It was as far as the eye could see, four different times going backwards and forwards. And it was the same thing. I, I, this is like a Steve was right. It was the same thing that I said like two months ago. That I bet that the stadium would be gate. I thought the stadium would just be like the the gated entrance to get into the stadium. But you, it was just like Osaka. You had to show your phone. You had to show that you had the the ticket, and then they would they would let you in. And Niantic's apology for people waiting in line on Saturday was to extend City Play from five to eight, which I think was like a good like solution like cool i waited like i don't think anyone waited in line for more than 30 to 40 minutes so to be like you're waiting in line to get in the park but we're giving you three more hours of content was i think a good compromise so it is but i think it kind of begs the question after years of of that kind of being the solution do you think they're getting too comfortable with that because well, I, 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 would, I would say no. I would say no on this event because the, the quick pivot on Sunday I think shows that's what that I they're willing. Say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's, not like, it's not like they just went, oh, we'll, just, we'll do the same thing tomorrow yeah. and then just apologize again, right? They went, no, no, we're actually <laughs> going to change it. I guess the problem is, and this is, I think most people, I suspect, would want to see this happening where they keep changing locations, right? They've done that so many different times. Um, but it does lead to the problem where they can't be 100% sure how it's going to work in each different location. You could argue maybe they should have anticipated the fact that six people checking to go in is not enough people when there's, what, 10,000 people going to an event. Yeah, did we get numbers how many people attended this? I haven't seen them. Not that I've seen, no. But but like, how do you stress test that, right? The capacity of it? I mean, I guess you kind of like ask the venue, hey, we're expecting X number of people. We know you've had events here that exceed that. What can we expect? And then that's all they can go off of because they can stress test their network, but they can't stress test like tens of thousands of people trying to get in the line, right? Yeah, I guess you just assume that people are all going to turn up at the same time and then go, well, we need to make sure there's as much opportunity as possible for, fe- yeah. for people to well, get through. Well, didn't they right? have... And this is this is just my ignorance for getting a free ticket and not really looking at it. Was there not like an early bird, like get there at nine? And then was there not like a get there at 10 ticket? No, there was not just a Saturday one. and a Sunday ticket. Oh, okay. The we, we, Interestingly, well, this is the other thing I'm a little bit confused by. You had to say where you were starting. So you would either choose the stadium or the golf course. But there was only ever one entrance yes. in the end. Yeah, that was also so it was likely ch- It's likely changed their mind at the end and they were going to do one at the top. Um, where was a bubbling mire was, uh, and then they changed their mind and they were just going to do the one at the bottom. 
So that was a bit weird because we we were arriving and we're like, I assume this is our queue because we were a stadium entrance, but I can't see the other queue. I don't know. There's no signs for that. That was a bit confusing. What was interesting in Osaka, and I would love to see Niantic maybe adopt this for future events is, and this solves the problem of like too many people or a line is it wouldn't be nice if there was like a staggered rollout, like you can buy the 9 a.m. ticket and then you leave at 5. You can buy the, the 10 a.m. ticket and you leave at 6. You can buy the um, 11 a.m. ticket. Because I don't want to be up at 9. I, do, I don't. That's so early. <laughs> Especially like when you're walking 8 hours and you're like, I got to do it again tomorrow. Like I, I, would, I would like to get there at like 10 or 11 and then have that late, later experience. And I'm sure there are parents that are like, I want to be back at 5. I want to put the kids to bed. Like They want the early experience. But I think that alleviates that thing. And also, they can just simply do it. Like in Osaka, you if if you were in the park at the the morning part, so like ten to two, and then it was like two to six or whatever, because they have done that before. Your spawns just completely shut off, and then they were just like, "Here's the exit," and everyone just exited to go into the city. And once you left that stadium, like your spawns came back because they geofenced yeah. the park. And so it was like, you could be like, oh, my, my thing ends at six, but I'm going to stay here till like you could, but you, you don't have any spawns anymore. Yeah. It was having everyone just show up at nine. was like, I don't know, not the best. It wasn't like the worst, but it, it wasn't the best. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I would have turned up earlier if, if I could have started the event earlier, you know, especially being on Pacific time, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock Pacific time is what eight hours later than nine o'clock here so <laughs> yeah i think i think I was, it's good of, sorry Al, i think as good of an idea as that is though i think logistically from for them like they'd have to pay people to work longer and then they'd have to have people managing that those waves and, and understand how that works at the gates and stuff um i don't know what that looks like though on their back end if that's worth it or not well at least with the city the the go fest thing of like four hours in the park, four hours in the city, which they did for Seattle, yeah, they did for New York. They can get more people into it technically because they're rotating out. However, yeah, many so people... I guess, I mean, technically, I, I I don't think it's that difficult, right? They they give a different medal to different people, and then the medal decides what happens, right? Like that's yeah. that's not a particularly difficult thing to do. We've they've shown they can do that, as Steve says, with the the morning and evening ones. I do think. I, I think it's interesting that this didn't do the same way that GoFest did with the morning and the afternoon. It was a whole day event. Um, and I don't know whether that's because they want it to be different from GoFest or whether they were expecting fewer people. But I think the other thing about staggering it is I'm not sure it would actually reduce the number of people coming at one time because it would just mean they could sell more tickets. <laughs> You're right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be a legitimate reason for them doing it if they wanted to do that, but I don't think it would solve the problem we're trying to solve here. They did sell out both days. And I think it's funny because this, this was the thing that happened in Vegas where you saw like a handful of people tweeting that it was the worst event ever or everything was down. But like for the people that were there, like they had a good time and like not defending Niantic like the first like two hours were really shaky to get back onto the network and to establish that and we already established why the network went down because 10,000 extra people showed up but I think it's funny this time around when I was looking on TikTok or social media or like Twitter and stuff that there was just pictures of what looked to be like a semi-empty stadium 
And then people were like, oh, what a dead game. Look at how many people showed up. But it like <laughs> no one was in the stadium because there was yeah. nothing to do in the stadium. The only two yeah, things yeah. in the stadium were like getting your picture with Dialga and Palkia and then um, getting your picture with Pikachu or Eevee. And that was like they only came out at certain times. Yeah. And yeah. there was like one Pokestop in the very middle of the stadium that you could reach if you were sitting on the bleachers. But like spawns were pretty light in the stadium, which kind of makes I think was so that like you were there for pictures and not necessarily for that. Yeah. But as soon yeah. as you walked out of the stadium, like all around the stadium was the first, what do they call that? Zone habitat, Biome which was the habitat, yeah. seaside metropolis, which I think had like the best spawns of the event. And all you had to do was like walk around the stadium in a circle, um, which had like the shell and the Finneon and the other shell and whatever other, seaside porygon come on yeah porygon's a real banger of a pokemon (laughs) very watery yeah we we went into the stadium twice we when we arrived it was like all right let's go straight into the stadium and then we went in and we're we're like no no this is not where we want to be and then we came back with lunch to sit down (laughs) that was that was it the the only two times we went in the stadium um i wasn't wasting time getting picture with with some models when we could be catching pokemon you know we got those horses to get that's right (laughs) i don't know how you felt about the layout of this event compared to vegas chris but i didn't love how it was laid out it didn't like make or break the event for me i was just i i didn't like walking to a dead end and being like okay we got to turn around yeah i think they could have done a better job of it feeling more like a loop instead of like a line um, like the GoFest in Lincoln Park was also long and narrow like that. I think mm-hmm. it was longer than this was because this was, uh, I was hearing people say a mile from stem to stern of this park, right? Um, but yeah, I think, I think Lincoln Park was a mile and some change, but, um, yeah, this definitely did feel like almost like a relay race. Like you run to the end, you touch the fence and then you get to walk back. Um, but you know, there was, there was a couple of, there was almost like two halves. If you were really paying attention to the paved pads there was like one on the left you could have gone up and then you could have turned around and take the other one on the left then to walk back but it it, it didn't feel like a loop either way yeah, yeah. I, i'm a little bit confused obviously i've not been to other ones either i i don't know whether they were limited in what area they were allowed to use like whether they were using because there was that river through the middle so maybe they were told you have to stay to the other side of the river to make it simple well, to stop okay let's, let's to be the clear other here point. was it i don't it wasn't a river. It was like okay, a stream. It was like I mean, LA's like whatever sewer runoff. Yeah. <laughs> that water was moving. It Concrete was moving water. a good clip. Yeah, <laughs> but like if you just take that like top section and put it to the right of the the third one, it would have been essentially a square and would have felt much better. I agree. It was like you 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 didn't really want to go to the top section, not least because there were no toilets at the top. And and then also you just felt like I'm walking away from everything rather than walking to some other things. Yeah. So like looking at the map and I don't know if this is just because it wasn't part of their official path, but it doesn't look like there was a bridge. I see. It looks like there are some paths that are crossing. that must have been closed off. But like on their official map, they only have those three footbridges over that like little waterway right at the bottom there. So it's like kind of a commitment to go all the way up to Bubbling Mire to maybe get <laughs> yeah. a stunky and then walk all the way back. Yeah. yeah. I suspect it's just not telling us about the bridges that didn't exist because they didn't. Yeah, I think you're right. 
not 100% sold on the the concept of like let's have this at a stadium and then now that we've cleared that like the event wasn't actually in the stadium it was like around the stadium <laughs> near a stadium near a stadium but right. i will say that the cool thing here compared to vegas i didn't have this problem in the osaka experience i don't know about new york but because it was a stadium they had all the stadium restaurants open uh, so you get like hot dogs, nachos, burgers, pizza. And because there were so many around the stadium, lines were relatively short. Now, they did have food trucks. And I don't know if people at a certain point forgot or walked through the stadium and never looked around. But the food truck lines were like four times longer. And I don't know who was waiting. Like, maybe it was yeah. like slightly better food. <laughs> I, I think it's just because people there's much more of an allure to a food truck and an event than it is going to a stand and getting like a stadium hot dog or a slice of pizza. I think that's that's really just it, you know. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if some people went into the stadium, went, oh, this isn't really where the event is, and then went straight through to the park and didn't realize that around the stadium was actually a good place to be sometimes as well. And therefore, they weren't really paying attention to that. And when they came back to get food, they saw the food trucks. I think it's, I see a place that has food, I go there. And that's the first place you see. So you go there because the first restaurant in the stadium as well also had that issue. And I was guilty. of I saw that and I went, oh, there we go. I'm going to go there because that the queue's already long. Let me get in that queue. I'll eat something from there. And it turned out that was the longest queue in the stadium. And I could, if I just walked a few minutes later, I could have got food in a tenth of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we were walking, we were doing laps around it on Sunday. Steve, I wasn't sure if this is about what you were about yeah, to bring yeah, up. Was, yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The other side, first of all, Oshawott, hidden from public sight back there. <laughs> uh, and then like, there were like two or three stands at like nobody in line it's just like oh if we had maybe just walked first and then yeah this this was like the weird part of the layout because they put spawns all around the stadium so if you were just like i want to get shalos i want to get finian so i'm gonna stay in this area which is like a good strategy like i was i spent way too much time in the desert in vegas which was an actual desert <laughs> i spent way too much time in vegas's desert trying to get an Nincada because that's what i wanted i like i was like i have everything else i want an Nincada. Uh, so I was like, I want both shellos. So I want, I want two blues. I want two pinks. I'm gonna just keep walking in a circle for the, the stadium, which I did with Chris on Sunday. And because of the way the park is laid out, no one went to the right side of the stadium because you you go left, and then left leads you into the golf course. And then once you're in the golf course, you either commit to going to the end of the golf course and then commit coming back. When we went to the right, there was like. Picture opportunities there that had like no lines. There were so many food things that had no lines. There were bathrooms with no lines. And there was just not a lot of people over there, even though the spawn density over there was great. <laughs> it was it awesome. Was. Yeah. <laughs> and then the cool thing about the stadium is it offered unlimited seating, which was like a problem in Vegas and other events of like, okay, cool. I just spent $30 on really bad yep. food. Where am I going to like sit? to do this and like you could just walk in the stadium and sit on the bleachers and then eat your food it was really great they had like they did have picnic tables by the food trucks but like nine twelve picnic tables like not nearly enough for the course but i kind of like the stadium concept i kind of like having 
way more bathrooms, way more food options, and way more seating for really like not losing anything on that. Although yeah, picture wise, it does make it look weird of like, why is the stadium so empty? And it's like, oh, because everyone is in the golf course. That's why. <laughs> yeah, optically, that was a little bit strange. But like once you once you're there, you're like, oh, it's just for these blow up Palkia and Dialga pictures, really. Right. But yeah, I, th- I I would agree from an amenity standpoint, it was a lifesaver, a game changer, even like I, I almost feel bad comparing this to Vegas because it was so different, you know, like. There was there was shade. The trees were taller, so they cast longer shadows than they did in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> here's here's yeah. my one like thing I liked about Vegas compared to this is Vegas because it was like a public park. They had really big sidewalks, like to the point where you could fit like three wheelchairs like next to each other and push them at the same time. Like that's how that's how I would imagine it. Here, I felt like if a wheelchair exists, like there were people in wheelchairs, by the way, that's why I'm using this example. The wheelchair would take up the entire walking path because it's a golf course. Most of those golfers are in little carts anyways. (laughs) They're not (laughs) like using the walking path. So it resulted in you walking on the grass. And while like that doesn't sound bad at first because you're probably like, oh, why would I would want to walk in the grass anyway? Because it's softer. Like golf courses are not very flat they're very uneven and the amount of people you can blame niantic if you want i think you blame the people but the amount of people i saw like fall (laughs) like fall or trip over like little divots or holes in the golf course because that's just what it was like and they weren't paying attention it was a lot (laughs) it's just like oh this is there's just a hole here my left ankle saw its life flash before its eyes at least twice yes (laughs) Were you were you standing next to me when that girl with the high heels? She had a very cute outfit, by the way, but she was wearing high heels, and she like she got sucked into one of those holes, and she went down. And it was I was not no. I heard your <laughs> impassioned retelling of the story, but I was sadly not there. <laughs> it was one of those things too, where like it was like a silent fall, but like the pain was very on the face of like. I think you I think you sprained your ankle. I don't but also maybe like I don't want to be like don't wear high heels to a golf course but like I, I mean I, I I like okay I know fashion is important to a lot of people but I would say maybe don't wear high heels to a walking event. That that's that's all I would say. If the it, sidewalks were bigger like, though. No, but even it, like if walking for 8 hours in high heels no matter what surface it on it, that sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. I hope I'm, she's okay. I'm going to take the uh, position of applauding this person for their courage and their bravery <laughs> to, to set myself apart from you two right now. <laughs> hey, I said she had a fantastic outfit. I'm very true, concerned about true. her ankle. All right. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's take a break. And then we'll when we come back, we'll talk about the shiny odds, because I feel like that's how people value some of these events. Um, or like uh, they they really cranked up the humongo button. So we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. This podcast is brought to you by Factor. Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy. 
Wherever tomorrow is going to take you, you will be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your front door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. There's also a bunch of add-ons to help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor's restaurant-quality meals are ready to heat whenever you are in about two minutes. They got snacks. They got smoothies. You can discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, nighttime snacks, morning snacks. And the math is pretty simple here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash PKMNCast50 and use PKMNCAST50 to get 50% off. That's code PKMNCast50 at factormeals.com slash PKMNCAST50 to get 50% off. This podcast is brought to you by Me Undies. Now, I don't know where you're listening to this podcast, maybe in your car, maybe at your desk, maybe you're running on the treadmill. We're all wearing underwear, but you could be wearing Me Undies. Me Undies has sophisticated brief technology that makes you feel good and comfortable to wear. And look, they have styles for everyone, from black classics to fun, expressive prints. Me Undies has a look for you and even a look for your partner. Plus, they come in sizes from extra small to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. Maybe you have enough underwear. I think that's impossible, but Me Undies isn't just about underwear. You can explore their lounge collection featuring joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. Even as I record this podcast, I'm wearing Me Undies, and they have a signature fabric that is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. They're breathable, stretchy, comfy, and perfect for all day wear. And if you're not happy with your first pair of undies, it's on me undies. They have a problem-free philosophy. So if you're looking to support the show, if you're looking to support your butt, good things come in big packages at me undies. Get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com/supereffective. That is meundies.com/supereffective for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies. Comfort from the outside in. And we are back from our break. They ha- they had big and small before the last GoFest, right? I think they did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> not not before the last tour, but I think before the GoFest. Yeah, night. they didn't have it for yeah. Vegas, but I think they introduced it after that. For whatever reason, I don't think it was a bad thing. Niantic cranked up the jumbo size. I was wrong. It was December 2022. Yeah, December 8th. Yeah. Well. yeah. They did do it for Vegas? I don't remember running into any yeah. jumbo. So, so that's, when it, that's when it first came out. But remember, it was limited to a, a specific species for a period of time, too. Oh. Yeah, they launched it for Pumpkaboo, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember like Houndour was one of their selected species for a bit. And uh, yeah. That exciting <laughs> so, Pokemon. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I got so I have up to this point I've never transferred a jumbo Pokemon because I I like them and I think they're cool 
And I was like, and then showcases existed. And I was like, well, you need the jumbo for showcases. But I got so many jumbo Pokemon this weekend that I, I don't know what to do now. Now I feel like I have to start throwing them away. But they like didn't what? crank up tiny. I did get tiny Pokemon, but I felt like I got like three, four times as many jumbo Pokemon than I did tiny. I think this is just their continual uh, being against tiny Pokemon, right? Because they, <laughs> I'm pretty sure when showcases were announced, they were like, different criteria sometimes it'll be big sometimes it'll be small and we never got the small so they clearly just hate <laughs> tiny pokemon so i think that's why i heard somebody mention that it might might have been a reference to uh, uh alpha pokemon in legends yeah and i was like that's a stretch but also i like that so that's headcanon now absolutely <laughs> niantic's like yes that was that's what we, <laughs> we, we meant that yeah <laughs> i definitely hit the point a few months ago where i started transferring jumbos um and yeah this weekend was was even worse like i think i don't i don't want to sound like one of those people that says that oh shinies have been devalued because they're so common now because no they're, they're, they're still fun but i do feel like the number of xxl that i get lessens the excitement of them for me and I'm now at the point where I'm just keeping ones that I find particularly interesting. So I think, for example, I kept uh, I kept a Jumbo uh, Growlithe because I think that's a fun one to me. And I kept all of my Tinies because Tinies are always fun, right? It's so teeny tiny. Uh, but yeah, there's very few of the Jumbo ones I'm keeping anymore. Yeah, I think the experience of catching an XXL Pokemon is more exciting to me than actually keeping them. Like, I like the animation a lot. I'm like, oh, it's big. Look at that. That's great. <laughs> and then I put it in my box. And then I'm like, oh, I've got six of these and they're all big. Okay. Well, the smallest one can go, I guess. That's fine. Yeah. I got a Jumbo Spirit Tomb. I was pretty hyped about it. I didn't. I That's didn't, pretty sick. I didn't get a Shiny Spirit Tomb. Uh, but the Jumbo one made me feel slightly better. Did you finish all the research for it? Yeah. I did all 10. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't get it. I got the Spinda, though, for Vegas, which I feel like a lot of people didn't get. Yeah, that was the case for me. Did not did not have luck with that. That's one thing I kind of wanted to bring up here, though, is that um, it, it's kind of easy to sort of like try to compare those two things. The Spinda stops in Vegas and the Spiritomb stops in, in L.A., but they, they function very, very differently. Um, so how how did we how did we feel about the spirit tomb stops? I didn't get a, a big chance to play city play a lot, so I was too short at finishing that research. It, it still hurts me mm. now, several days later. Um, but uh, it was it was kind of cool. Yeah, I think it was quite cool um, having that ex experience of exploring the city and coming across one. Right, like we found one in Venice Beach, and it's like so far from the actual event but you're still seeing that there i think that's that's quite fun um and there were, i think there were enough of them right 108 is a pretty good number that you're going to see quite a few of them and i think they did there were was it four or was it five ones in the event itself or in the park four, four. in the park i think there was there one quite, in each biome right okay that makes sense and then there were quite a few of them in downtown pasadena so if you didn't explore LA a huge amount and you just stuck to the event and downtown Pasadena, you if if you didn't manage to complete it, you certainly got close to it. You certainly got most of them. I think downtown um, Pasadena had six. Well, okay, so that so yeah, so that that would have been ten. I, 
and that was completely yeah. walkable, right? Like the the whole area is obviously huge, but the actual downtown Pasadena area was was pretty walkable and quite nice to play in. I feel I, I loved the Spirit Tomb stuff, and I think I loved it more after I realized what they were doing. I think like when so for those that don't know, they put 108 Spirit Tomb stops around LA. Four of them, obviously, in the stadium. Uh, when Al got in on Friday, we were with Al and then we were with Tone. We have so much. We have limited time on the weekend, right? Because th- we have we have to go to the park and then we have to go to Pasadena. And play. Like we're like, well, how many touristy things can we do before the event? We gotta go to Santa Monica Beach because like they gotta they gotta see the beach. They gotta touch the sand. They gotta look at the ocean. I don't care about any of that, but I understand that's like the touristy thing to do, right? Like we gotta go to Santa Monica. So like we spend forty five minutes in a car to get to Santa Monica. We're there. We're at Santa Monica for what, like ninety minutes? About and then felt longer than that. <laughs> I don't think it was two hours, but yeah, we were there for maybe okay, maybe like two hours. We were there, and then we get in a car and we drive two hours to Disney because that was like another thing two people wanted to hours. do. It was uh, two, yeah, and two and a half, and a half hours, hours. because we left at quarter past three and we got there at quarter six. Two and a half hours. I dreaded every single second of that. <laughs> Being in the car sucks, uh, but and those were very far apart. But I was like, when else are we going to get this many people together to like meet up? Because the yeah. weekend's going to get away from us. So that was like the sacrifice we had to make. And there were, anyways, there were spirit tomb stops at Santa Monica. And then they were at Disney, which makes sense because those are two popular places to play in Pokemon Go. But I think why, when the Spirit Tomb stops actually like stood out to me, it, it rained on Monday. It rained all day, which is like rare for L.A. to experience rain. When I accepted that, OK, it's going to rain all day. What are we going to do? I saw a TikTok earlier in the week. One good thing that TikTok is for. And this, this TikTok person is like, if you don't have a lot of money, I was like, perfect. And you're like, on a time limit, here's like a good thing you can do in, in L.A. She was like, you want to go to Grand Market? I was like, perfect, because that's like an indoor eating place. Like, it's very similar to Milwaukee Public Market or the, like the Seattle Public Market and stuff. She's like, you want to go to Grand Market? And then across the street's like a little train you can take for a dollar. And then down the street is like this huge bookstore slash library that you can go to. And then over here is like the Disney orchestra hall that you can look at. And then over here is like a museum. And then over here is like where they filmed 500 days of summer. And you can like do that. And it's like, you're barely outside. Like you're only outside to like walk from point A to point B. And I was like, this is actually perfect. Holy cow. I can't believe I found this TikTok. And the craziest thing is when I started doing those things of like going to Grand Market and then going to the bookstore and then going... They were all spirit tombs. Every single one of them was a spirit tomb. And then I was like, I'm just going to look at the map. And it was just every spirit tomb was like not just randomly placed. They were placed at things that were like worth seeing or worth doing or like you got there. If you got somewhere and you looked around and you were like, this seems like there would be a spirit tomb there. There there was like they were just so cleverly placed. And I'm actually surprised Maybe there is. I don't. Maybe I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I'm actually surprised there's not like a YouTuber of like I'm going to go to all eight, 108 spirit tombs and I'm going to show you what they are in like real because they've been out for like three weeks. They they existed before the event started, um, but they were all like notable yeah. places. They were super super cool. And 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 that makes when you think about it, it makes perfect sense, right? Because that's what Niantic actually say they care about. <laughs> It's yeah, about yeah. getting people outside and getting people to explore. And sometimes we forget that and sometimes it's not as obvious and sometimes I think they forget that. 
but that's what they continually tell us that they want to do and it works really well because that, that's the thing that we spent the weekend other than the time we were actually at the event we spent the time being tourists and doing touristy things and we just happened upon these things yeah unfortunately i can't speak to it because i didn't really get to do city experience <laughs> but in my ubers i picked up at least four more so that was nice <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the spirit tomb thing lends itself to the lore of spirit tomb, right? There's like 108 souls that make up spirit tomb, so 108 pokestops and LA is big enough where that like fits perfectly. I do wonder if there's like if there is like a Unova tour, right? You would one, you would think it would be in New York, but that doesn't really pan out New York in February, maybe not the best <laughs> place to be unless they do it inside like an expo hall like where comic-con is but that would be a little weird because it'd be like all inside i don't know how they do that but like i think the whole we're going to put notable pokestops that you should go to to spin but we're lining that up with touristy things i think that's super smart and super clever i wonder if there's like a pokemon in gen 5 they can tie that to um because spin it with gen 3 made sense because like every pokestop was like a different spinda pattern so that was yeah. like, oh, I can't, I need Spinda number seven. And then people would be like, ah, oh, it's in the desert under the cactus. I can't think of what Unova would be. I know that, I know what Kalos would be. I think they, I think they add a, they do Zygarde for that, right? Because you've got the Zygarde. Oh, Zygarde cells? Works. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be awesome. It would, it would work really well. Uh, and it will have been what, two, two and a half years since they released Zygarde, so they would feel okay about making oh, some then your more Zygarde's more worthless, common. like your shinies are worthless. <laughs> I'm totally fine with Zygarde being everybody should have a Zygarde. Zygarde's for everybody. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really seeing anything in this list that would work well. But I would say that if they can't figure out a way to make it work nice thematically, just do whatever, right? I think they should do that. I what it doesn't matter what it is. At the end of the day, like if it's if you roll your eyes at it because it's like, oh, this Pokemon doesn't thematically make sense for this. I think the advantages of what that was, the exploration and the feeling like the whole city is part of that, over overweighs the the eye rolling of oh, it doesn't really doesn't really fit it. But yeah, I feel like the Spinda stops definitely lent itself to the way that it was used really well. And Vegas did not, and this is really notable, did not have a city uh, exploration portion of it. It was only the park experience. Um, yeah. And you could play in the city, but it wasn't advertised as like a city experience. You just There were just spawns and stuff. Uh, whereas in, in LA, they were very clearly trying to entice you to go certain places to hunt down these stops. Um, but if you had asked me like, a month ago and pitched this idea about the 108 stops being throughout the city and then being at like locations that are important in some aspect like you would expect them to be spirit tomb stops i would have said man that sounds like a lot of work i don't think they'll do that as cool of an idea as it is and they did anyway right so mm -hmm. who knows i mean they could be really creative uh with the unova tour if if they do a Unova tour, something that is was missing from this and from last tour, but was at Kanto and Johto, I hope comes back, um, would be that collection challenge of the entire Pokedex. Especially since Unova is supposed to be like a reimagining of Kanto, like we're starting over, no Pokemon are going to be based off other Pokemon, but we're going to have our rock Pokemon, our bat Pokemon, our That's right. Bird and Ernie sock and throw Pokemon. <laughs> 
Yeah, the question is, do they have Pikachu? Because it, it weren't in black and white, but would they be? Would they be in? Because the Pikachu is in everything in gold. They would right? have Pikachu get... wearing an Amolga outfit. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that would be awesome. I'd be so down for that. Yeah. What Unironically. hat? What hat would be <laughs> just, Pikachu wearing? Just the wings. The other, oh, you know, the other thing we didn't talk about wings. is how they like cycled the time. But thirty minutes were like Sinnoh, and then the next thirty minutes were like Hisui. And I thought they did that really well. And it felt in between like cycling every 30 minutes and then the raids of like Diago Palkia for the first 30 and then the horses. That's what we called them. Or I mean, they are just Diago Palkia again for the 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 next 30. Felt like there was always something to do. And like, even if you stayed in like the Mount Hot Springs, the spawns would change over every 30 minutes whether they were like Hisui or not. That was cool. That kind of felt like the bio, the the space-time distortions in Legends Arceus, except they just flipped the whole map for 30 minutes. I think it also, it works really well because one of the things that we've talked about about previous events is making sure that people take care of themselves, right? Because it's not, unusual that people will just forget all about lunch right and i think that the advantage of the way they did it in both it's the same things throughout the day just split up into half hour sections rather than you know if we look at global this weekend it's like this hour is different from that hour is different from that hour so you you feel like you have to be playing everything because you're going to miss something and sure it repeats itself but it repeats itself once um the advantage of it being the same each hour just each hour is split into half and also the fact that i think it was probably pretty common for people to be kind of focused more on one half hour than the other it allows you to have that breather between the half hours so you're not constantly like oh there's always that you know origin form raid that we need to get you're like okay here's that half an hour we'll go grab lunch now and we'll come back for more origin forms once they're back sort of thing they had that built in with with GoFest. Uh, I know I, I can only speak to New York, but I'm pretty sure they had it at the other GoFests too. But there was like a transition period between uh, your park time and your city time or vice versa, where they were encouraging you like, hey, there's nothing to do here for like an hour or whatever. Travel to where you're going to go play next. Maybe consider eating something. <laughs> and that was cool. I think that that's very that's being very aware of your player base. But you're right, like. If you're in a scenario like this where you're a block time from nine to five, like, you know, you're not going to you're really not going to stop unless you're paying attention to the time. Like you said, like every half hour. Oh, it's it's at the 30. Oh, it's 1130. Yeah. I should probably I think that's, <laughs> think about that's food. a good point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that 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 would probably make people pay attention more to that. Yeah. Yeah. This event would have probably been bad. Like I, I'm I, I will say <laughs> safe to say I really enjoyed this event. For me, the the hotel and the flight and everything, the the fifty to seventy dollar Ubers that I <laughs> I had to pay, all felt worth it. But I think that feels worth it because they added the Hisui Pokemon. I think if they didn't have the Hisui Pokemon, it would have felt very bland. Possibly, I mean, they they would. It's likely that they would have had something else to replace it, right? Because we we know they don't have Arceus and they don't have Manaphy and Vion. Like I think if we if we're looking forward to like uh Unova next year, 
there's going to be something else. Or I mean, unless you're you're not just talking about the legends, you're talking about all of the Huzuki Pokemon. I think I think if it was just Dialga Palkia, that would have also mm-hmm. felt bad. I think yeah. having origin form da- okay. Dialga and Palkia felt yeah. better. I guess they could have like substitute that out for like the lake spirits but i think the lake spirits appearing in the wild was like really nice and like a lot of fun like i understand why they did the reggies even though they're gen 3 pokemon because you technically need them to get reggie gigas they could have just put like reggie gigas and eggs i think the only thing that would have made the event like close to perfect i don't think arceus needed to be there i think arceus is a big enough pokemon where you like save it for something special but i do think they maybe should have done like at the end of your quest line, instead of just getting a Bidoof, which was funny, I will give them that. It was funny that, like, the final Pokemon at the end of the quest line was just Bidoof. It should have been, like, here's a 100-kilometer incubator. When you hatch this, you get Manaphy or Fione, whichever. I don't remember the order of how they appear. I think it's Manaphy. You get Manaphy first, and then if you breed with Manaphy, you get because I that, that's how they have to introduce that Pokemon, right? It has to be like a huge incubator. That's like how else would you, this is the whole yeah. premise of that Pokemon? <laughs> or you sort of like almost sterilize that whole experience and you just make it like a hatch 50 eggs task. And one of those two things feels a lot better. And I think walking a huge egg is cool, like much cooler than hatching 50 eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, but that this event definitely did run the risk of being pretty bland. And I think whoever thought of making it flip-flop and having that Hisuian tie-in, like that that really saved uh making the spawns interesting. Now, granted, there were some really awesome um evolutions out in the wild, like seeing a wild mag mortar or an electivire or an Ursa Luna yeah, in the wild Luna was is cool. is pretty hype. But I think even if it was just that over time it would have gotten a little bit old so the hisuian flip-flop was awesome good touch i thought the like in-person biomes were kind of like lacking like bubbling mire had this really cool poison volcano thing and it was probably one of their like nicest ever displays they had and then the ruins had the entangled ruins had like this roman arc like just structure poles i don't know what the they were just like like an arch yeah, like pillars. pillars arches yeah pillars yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Hot, hot spring had nothing at all yeah they had, and the seaside metropolis also had nothing you could argue that the stadium was in the middle of the seaside metropolis yeah, but that's so, kind of like a so, so someone described it as feeling like a group project where one person <laughs> goes all out and then there's one person who well okay they pass and then the others are just kind of hanging on by their teeth <laughs> at the edge of the group project they had those sweet foot bridges in mountain hot spring what are you talking about they did have bridges that's true i can't believe they built whole bridges just for this event that was nuts yeah. I, they should have filled the stadium with water for seaside metropolis oh, like honestly yeah yeah yeah. that would have been cool it's 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 weird because i i like like the stadium but i didn't really like the golf course like the golf course was like pretty lackluster to me it was fine whatever like i kind of no volcano there, there were <laughs> for it does it does make vegas look like i don't know if the park dropped the ball or because they had that giant rock mountain in the middle uh that then they yelled at us for climbing on <laughs> my reception was great up there i'll have you know <laughs> but the cool thing in vegas that they did which like kind of worked 
was when Groudon and Kyogre, which one ever won, they like lit off like flares, <laughs> which was kind of cool. Like to be on like in the desert, like covered in sand, being like, I still can't find this shiny Nakata. And then like look yeah. in the sky and there was like blue flares go up and then everyone be like, not Kyogre again. We just <laughs> want Groudon. But it was like <laughs> the premise was kind of cool. The fact that it was like very reminiscent of a gender reveal party was hilarious. <laughs> like Kyogre wants to go up and be like, "It's a boy!" Like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> I did like that part. The yeah. the other cool thing they did, which I don't think a lot of trainers appreciate, I feel like Niantic does do cool things, but then I feel like ninety percent of the audience either just doesn't understand the cool thing they're doing, or they don't care. So in in Vegas, they put like the Reggie rocks like in the desert, and they were like supposed to like decode something. And it was really cool if you understood that like the decoding of Gen Three and like the Reggies. It was so cool. It was really clever. And in in L.A., they had a giant TV in, in the entangled ruins sitting there. Mm -hmm. And I, I like I said, I don't think like ninety percent of people who were like staring at the TV like understood the reference. Or if they did, they they did, but maybe didn't care. They just wanted the code from it. But it was like yeah, it was supposed part to... of the issue was it was bugged as well. Um, so you were meant there was two there were two Rotom researches. One of which was a code that was given online, and the other one was the four stops with TVs. That if you spun all four of them, you got a second set of research. But the, but on the Saturday that wasn't working if you got the code first. So of course we all knew the code was coming. So the first thing we did was type in that code. You got the Rotom research, and then you spun the four stops and nothing happened. So we spent ages just standing around the TVs going, "What are we meant to be doing with this?" <laughs> it was very confusing. I it worked for me. For the record, I did get two. You guys were all saying like, "Oh, I didn't get two. For some, I I got the two, so it wasn't bugged for everyone. But I think the TV yeah. was displaying the one that ended up online and then being there in person spinning the stops was supposed to get you the second one yeah but i think people got the first one and then we're looking at the tv being like this is how i get my second one but i, I didn't get it i just wanted to like get a good picture of the tv but i couldn't because so many people were crowded around the tv trying to figure out how to get their second rotom the yeah, tv was... also broke halfway through saturday so people were just standing around it going it's not even working anymore <laughs> and it was like on the ground and it was like three feet tall i feel like if they put it like on a stage or something that would have been a little bit better or yeah. like i don't know built like a little display around it and yeah like prop it up a yeah. little bit because like in gen 4 when you go into the abandoned mansion in the, the forest you're supposed to go like through multiple rooms and then the one room eventually has the tv and then you interact with the tv and then rotom pops up again very cool concept Seeing a TV in the middle of a golf course was kind of cool, and then it just like kind of flickering, and then everyone's trying to figure out what's happening. Maybe not the best execution, but like, <laughs> well, and and one of the TVs was was at the water station at the top, um, and it wasn't like s filled out like the other one. It wasn't in the kind of display that the other ones were. It was just an LCD screen on the above some water taps. And it was going, and that's all it was doing. I didn't even see so you that like, one. I didn't yeah, see it either. It was, that's because you wouldn't notice, if you just looked, it was right up at the top, so you wouldn't go there unless you were getting the water. Because it was just, it was a water station that happened to have a TV in it with the same thing on that the other ones had. Whoever thought of the TV thing or the Reggie Rock thing, like, those 
whoever had Niantic, they deserve a raise. Like, I appreciate the effort and the thoughtfulness. Execution, on the other hand, could be better. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, I believe they had people there standing there on staff, like, explaining it. Because uh, I walked past the one in Entangled Ruins a handful of times, and there was a staff member just talking about it next to the tv now i don't know if that's because it might have still been broken or not or if they were like some people need some help making connections here but what this is but either way i I think they they changed tactics on sunday they did they did have cows cellular on wheels they had the t-mobile the verizon the at&t the they had two t-mobile ones oh did they the the two the two two different ones the the tech support booth surprisingly empty I'm sure there's somebody listening to the podcast that were like, I had issues. I'm, I'm sure there were a few issues. But compared to a lot of events, the, there was no line at tech support, which is only a good thing. There were more, there were, they definitely overstaffed the tech support tent. And that, for once, I don't think they needed to. That's the way you want it, though. You definitely right. want it overstaffed and understaffed. Yeah, you know that there was somebody on that team that was at Vegas last year and before the, the gates opened on Saturday, they're like, look, this is what you can expect. <laughs> and then throughout the day, they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is wonderful. Everything's working great. It's interesting, though, like in Vegas, they literally put routers onto TVs and they like hung the wires and they, they then there was none of that here. I wonder, I always curious of what their decision of like, we're going to build a Wi-Fi network in this park versus... We're just going to get more cows to come out here. Maybe that I park think, was just such a dead zone that the... Yeah, could it also be, yeah. like, was the one in Vegas, was it m- closer to civilization? No, it was like, like the airport broke downtown Vegas, airport, then the park. So it, maybe okay. air, maybe they couldn't bring cows because the airport? I don't think that's how it works. I also think it's it's because like the park in Vegas was a public park, but the golf course is like a luxury private location. So they probably have more amenities strung throughout for for service like that. Because if you're like, you know, a CEO of some company doing a round of golf and you can't answer phone calls like that's that's a complaint (laughs) that person is probably filing. Right. Right. Yeah. I liked this event. It makes me excited for what a gen 5 tour would be like it just uh, the big question is you have a new you have a new york based thing and it's been february every year so it's just february in new york doesn't work so unova like texas doesn't feel well maybe it does if you're like clay (laughs) clay and palpatine yeah that that feels a little weird but then you know when i'm thinking about like the spirit tomb stuff and the spinda stuff and the kyogre flares and the space time distortion that made these last two events pretty unique and pretty different i do wonder what the unique thing of unova would be they could just go back to the kanto johto thing which is like fill out your pokedex which i think is cool and i think is novel um but i don't think i don't think is as interesting like i think they should still have it for sure i i did enjoy clearing the Pokedex, but I would assume by Unova Tour we would have Black Kirim and White Kirim, but I don't also know how interesting that would be unless they have their own adventure effects, which we didn't talk about. The adventure effects are dope. They're so cool. Yeah. I do think they're cool. Uh, I think for most people, they're probably 
too expensive. I think for, you know, hardcore players, you're going to get a lot of candy. And we did get a lot of candy raiding them at the weekend. Um, but it's not like we're going to be able to regularly get a lot of Dialga and Palkia candy. Um, I do wish it worked a little bit like Megas, where every week you could do it once for free. I think that would be a nice change to it. I think uh, that would eventually well, come, right? Just like how a lot of things were pretty restricted <laughs> and then they loosen up. Like yeah, Zygarde is like fair. really hard to get right now, but like eventually we all know that the hand we'll have too many Zygards at some point. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed, yeah. Uh and yeah, I would I would want them to do more more of that sort of thing. Uh I think it makes sense to do thematically ones, don't add up to everyone, every Pokemon, but I think if they can think of cool things for uh white and black curum i think that would be a really really nice thing visually they look really really cool i think spatial rend looks awesome in game mm -hmm. they did a great job with that i have uh seven and uh, 701 palkia candy and three million <laughs> stardust so i think i can hit the button pretty much whenever i want but i also have 1500 rare candy so <laughs> i can just turn those well, into yeah. dialga and palkia I have 900, 900 Dialga candy. <laughs> the, other, the other thing we haven't talked about is Basculin. Yeah, I totally forgot to do Basculin. <laughs> I didn't do it at once. Yeah, so I think part of the problem with it is that they didn't have any routes in the stadium, uh, so you couldn't do it on your day uh, in, in the stadium because it was only during event hours as well playing in downtown Pasadena meant there was no way I was going to forget because half the people were shouting Basculin all the time. Um, oh, I, gosh, did, I, like, didn't, I didn't get that experience. I wish I did. It was it was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. I, I will say the spawns were very good in the, if you did a route, you know, kind of your usual 10, 15 minute walk route, you would get four to five, maybe six Basculin. So... I you realistically only needed to do one route to get as many as you wanted, unless you got really bad spawns for the genders, in which case you did a second one. So I think that was really well done. Um, there was shiny release too, right? There Basculin? was, yeah, 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 there was. Am I crazy? Uh, did they not come out and say that Basculin wasn't going to be shiny? I couldn't remember them saying it at all. That's why I was so surprised by it. And then the shiny is like essentially the same color too. So like some screenshots yeah. <laughs> really didn't do any justice anyway. Yeah, It's slightly darker, but very yeah. slightly. Um, yeah. But Basket Legion isn't even an option yet either. So no. this is just like preparation. And, <laughs> and we don't that. know. I guess the question is, I don't think we know whether we'll be able to evolve the basculin or not oh this is like the yeah. this is the stantler weird deer issue because Stant any stantler right. can evolve into weird deer and like any but not but only white stripe basculin can evolve into basculin legion so i, <laughs> I don't this, I, it's a real all squares or rectangles situation yeah but not all rectangles or squares yeah i don't know I, and I, I didn't even get to do a route i had a couple of friends trade me like two of them because i was in the park both days right um, but my my bet is 100% that that's going to be in raids. And maybe they let us evolve them later. Okay, so I've checked on the on the website. Uh, it doesn't say anything about shiny. Yes or no. Okay. It says, uh, a new encounter on routes. White striped basculin will appear on routes during Pokemon Go Tour 
Sino Los Angeles. And then it says, White Straight Basculin cannot currently evolve in Pokemon Go. Currently being a quite a, a heavy word there. A word that choice, implies yeah. that it will be able to. Doesn't mean they won't do raids first. I could see them doing raids and then unlocking the evolution. Because they gotta get that raid money first, but I don't it sounds like they're gonna enable it to evolve at some point. Surely. There was a, an official Niantic route in Pasadena. That when you clicked on it, it was like official Niantic made this. Uh, I wish I would have done that. I don't know if you did it, Al. I didn't. I uh, I know Tone did it uh, while I was walking in because my hotel was like an hour's walk from downtown Pasadena. So I was walking in and Tone did it while I was there, and then we did some other stuff. So, mm. um, but yeah, Tone Tone said that that um, that he enjoyed doing that. So it was good fun. I'm and I'm pretty sure there there was no routes or anything for. Osaka Go Fest, but there was an official route outside of Yokohama in Worlds for whatever that was like worth. I literally still have a route pending from Japan that I I made from like the train station to like the cat shrine, like a fifteen minute walk. It's like the walk you would have taken when you get off, like you go to that train station to then walk to the cat shrine. That's why you're there. So I made the route from the train station to the cat shrine. Still pending. Still still waiting for approval. Yeah, I believe that there were Niantic uh, routes in New York as well. So I think that they're getting in the habit of doing that, which is nice. That's very, very cool. Um, but at the same time, like maybe it, it kind of takes away from the spotlight of like part of the motivation of making a route that's good and that people like is that you get you get kind of get recognized for it in app. Like it shows you who made it. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it kind of takes a little bit away from that. But at the same time, like an official route has a spot two in my head like and that's neat it'd be cool if it gave you something extra for it it was like oh hey during this event here's an official route and you know you get a rare candy in addition to your regular rewards for doing it or something or, or even something like the the good thing about kind of the the temporary gyms at these events is you get your badges from them and the stops you get your gifts from them so with both mm -hmm. of them you can have something permanently that reminds you of that whereas with the route okay, you might get a Zygarde cell and you'll get some Basculin, but those don't make it clear. I mean, I guess a Basculin you catch will say during the event. So that's probably the closest you get to a permanent reminder of that particular thing. But yeah, it would be nice to have some, an equivalent of a medal or, or a badge, sorry, or a uh, gift from a route. Yeah, we we mentioned earlier that like the adventure effects for like Palkia and Dialga are like more for a hardcore player that like does a lot of candy has a lot of stardust, which I th I think is fine. I think like Niantic does need to somewhat cater to hardcore players in any ways. Although there is like there is like a slight lower barrier, I guess, like with Primal Kyogre and Primal Groudon. Not only do you need like ideally you want a mega like a good primal but you also need the energy but then you also have to do it like 45 times to like max it out and like you still need the canyon stardust to power it up with dialga and palkia you just need to have one with the move and you never have to power it up you never have to invest with it, it doesn't matter if it's shiny or not it doesn't matter which one you click on like you can just click the button and it works it's almost like at a certain point they should just move the button outside of the 
Pokemon spawn because like what's yeah doesn't matter at that point because you just yeah like it was really nice to just go like oh I'm just gonna click my recent one and hit the spatial rend and then it's gonna work. On the flip side though of like that being like a more hardcore feature, Niantic wanted people to party play for this event for like I think like three missions. Yeah. So I don't even I think was that the Reggie stuff to party play for the yes yes. The regular Reggie's, not the shadow ones. People like party play. They just needed to do it. They just needed to like get into a party and like have tasks that make sense doing and like getting like <laughs> decent rewards. But like I felt like everyone at Disney that we hung out with, we were just like making sure everyone was in a party when we were in the park. It was like great. I, so, yeah, so I think part of the reason we were so focused on making sure that we were always in a party was because we all needed to get that research done. Uh, and we didn't, but, we, you know, most of us were about halfway there now. Uh, I don't think I've ever thought I wouldn't enjoy party play. My problem is the effort to go... The same reason that I don't in-person raid very much is because you have to coordinate with people. And you have to find that time and you have to actually physically meet up with people. That's fine. Like, I'm not saying that's a problem. I think it's a, the good thing about it is that it is giving you more benefits to doing that, which is what we had asked Niantic to do for so long is stop taking away things if you're not doing in person and instead give us new stuff. And that is that. The problem is just I rarely get in the situation where I'm going to do that. And it was it was good fun. It was enjoyable to do. But it's not. It's still not something I'm going to be doing regularly because I just don't have the time to organize to go out and play people. And I'm not saying that that's Niantic's fault. It's just that. Nah, that is just fault. a fact How of dare life. Niantic not think of your schedule? <laughs> How dare they give me kids and give me a job and all these things that take up my time? <laughs> I will say my favorite aspect of party play, and this was really highlighted here, was that because um, people were doing raids nonstop if you really wanted to. If your party leader was in a raid and then your task rolled over you'd have to wait for that person to be done with their raid in order to pick like the next challenge right or task so they, i was gifted the opportunity of giving that person grief every time and for that i'm very thankful because it was funny <laughs> the, i will say the other really good thing about using it at an event like that uh, and this is particularly advice to people who are going to go to who didn't go to this event and, and will be going to a future one is party plays really great for meeting up after you've gone to the toilet like oh, because yeah. you you see each other on the map and the event isn't big enough for it to disconnect and so you go off to the toilet and then you've finished and you get your phone after you've washed your hands and you're like where are they and then you just start walking towards them you can see where they are you can see where they're moving and they can see you come you don't need to communicate it's it was fantastic to be able to get your way back to people that and this one didn't have a, a time limit i, I could have sworn that the, it was eight the, hours eight hours it was eight hours. eight hours yeah okay yeah that that was great that was a huge game changer for me like being like oh yeah we're still in the party oh we're still working on this one that we're taking a little bit longer yeah. on but i don't have to worry about it because we've been in this party for three hours is this a bug no <laughs> <laughs> i do think that they should they should just do that all the time i don't yeah. i don't understand the one hour time limit because especially the the funny thing was they removed the eight hours after outside of the normal hours so when we were at disney it was one hour but it was still saying eight hours so our our party closed after an hour and it said oh your party has closed because it only lasts eight hours and we're like but we only just started it an hour ago <laughs> yeah 
It was Frankie space time distortions, Al. <laughs> yeah. Space time distortions. Yeah. I am curious of like people who went to the event solo. Like there are a lot of like solo Pokemon Go players who then were like put in a position to ask somebody to do party play because you needed to do. I it was pretty. I mean, like once you were in a party, it probably took like ten minutes to like run through three tasks to finish it. Um, unless you had like now even like the like get six steel pokemon were relatively easy if you just like it was went the to ice that was difficult the ice one was difficult yeah no the ice Never one you were supposed to one. catch the the snowvers just no one wanted to be in the hot springs because it was bad <laughs> also why is snowver in hot springs he's ice pokemon it doesn't make any it's sense it's a mountain hot spring he's like right. i think they could have they could have helped that i think by at the the trainer tent I think because quite often they have like here's an area where you can go to trade and stuff like that. They could have had a come here to get a party, um, and it would have removed that social. Oh, anxiety. I need to find somebody because you just go over and this is the area and you go. Oh, great! You're looking for a party too. That's fine. You know that the people there are going to want that. I think that would that would be a really good thing for them to do in the future. Did they did they have a designated trade area? I know they were they, handing out the pallets. Or the I signs. don't know. I didn't really go to that the tent because it was very busy, and they for some reason were doing trivia there at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. which meant that it, you didn't really want to go to that area to find that stuff out. I think it definitely encouraged trading because people were sitting down and taking a load off and and just congregating there, and everybody had their paddles out. Um, but yeah, there wasn't like there there wasn't a designated trade area, and I don't think there was a designated battle area either. That's kind of a go fest sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I guess that sort of begs the question, like, aren't aren't these events getting pretty similar to GoFest at this point? Like, identity-wise, I mean, it used to be for Kanto and Johto, you know, the collection of the entire Pokedex, yeah. that was very unique to Tor. But, like, th- this was really close to feeling like a GoFest. Really close. Yeah, it was. I called it, I, I, I continue to call it GoFest on accident just because it was like, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, a Go festival yeah i mean is that is that a problem i I don't think so but but i mean like if you if you were to to ask me what's the difference between the two i i wouldn't really have a a robust good answer for you anymore for me the difference is when it is right like it's really difficult for me to organize going to a different country in the summer right not least because i have a family the summer is generally when they're out of school so that makes it more difficult like there's lots of things also it makes it more expensive generally going places it was cheaper for me to fly to la now than it was for i looked at flights for new york last year that was more expensive than flying to la which is like double the flight distance even shiny wise the event felt very similar to GoFest. Like I, I in the in the three days I got like seventy five shinies and I I didn't I didn't even play. This is a, sorry, I'm not like trying to brag. I didn't like play the entire time. Like I just explained on Friday, I was in the car for f- almost four hours of the event <laughs> because like it took that long to get from Disney to whatever. And that day I I think it was twenty shinies, and then in the park like. I got to the park at nine and I skipped the line and everything because like whatever content creator pass. 
Now he's just showing off. Now, yeah, now I'm bragging. <laughs> now I'm bragging. But that, like, that first hour is just like talking to people. Like, I was, we were talking to Niantic, and then they were like, "Here's your like a lounge where you can get like a free banana and a free water." I was like, "Cool, I don't life. care about that." Where's the bathroom? That's what <laughs> I need. It was a good banana for what was worth. Yeah, though, it was by the banana, way, yeah, very fresh. And then that's that's where uh, like I met up with Chris and everything. We were talking. Like, I didn't really start playing until like closer to eleven, um, on that day. Yeah, and then on on Sunday, I did I did half the day in the park because I needed Niantic wanted to do like an interview that will probably like never get published because Niantic like records all this footage and then like uses like one percent of it for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it's like sound issue or they changed their mind or whatever, but like did the interview played played with Chris, then I like left, and then uh, the group wanted to like go somewhere new so I, we were going to go to japantown originally and i was like uh, i had like really bad service in japantown last time but i think it's a good place to play so it's like well let's go to chinatown so when we got to chinatown well well we didn't eat yet so let's like pick food and then there was like oh there's good food in koreatown so we went to koreatown and we ate and then koreatown was just not a good place to play compared to japantown which is like no one's fault but like you could just tell like when you're in like Pasadena or when you're in Santa Monica or when you're at Disney, you can just tell that these are good places to play. And there were people playing in Koreatown, but like at a certain point it was like, well, do we get back in the car and drive like another 20 minutes? It's like the like, let's just finish playing here. It's like fine. Yeah. That's different than like the South Korea Safari Zone because I didn't feel like Shinies were as boosted, which is not like good or bad, but it did feel like the Shiny boosted here was similar to GoFest, which was also similar to, like, Vegas, which didn't didn't feel the same as, like, Kanto or Johto Tour, but those weren't in-person events. Yeah, that's yeah. important to remember, that they didn't have that in-person uh, portion with it. But, but again, they also, like we said, like, three or four times now, the difference of that collection challenge, I feel like it's just so I, huge. I, I, think, I think that is the big thing. Right, because they had what four collection challenges this time, and each of them was four Pokemon. Yeah. Like, if you had a Go Plus Plus and you were walking around fifteen minutes in and you'd finished it, right? Like, it was really not like it was almost it wasn't a challenge; it was an accident, right? <laughs> right. Whereas the and obviously it's it what as you mentioned, it was different. It wasn't in person. It was also COVID. It was a weird time. But the Kanto one in particular, it felt like a challenge. It felt like it was actually difficult. And But it also, I, I think the advantage of that is it didn't feel like I'm missing out on a lot if I don't finish this. Because the whole point is it's a challenge. It's a collect everything. And if you don't get it, okay, there's a few rewards you miss and you don't get the medal. But by this point in time, I don't think anybody's like obsessively collecting the medals because it's so hard to do that. I'm sure they are, I'm sure you're missing plenty, right? Because you couldn't I be am. you couldn't I be am. in New York and in Japan at the same time. Uh, or was it Japan and London at the same time? Japan right? London at the same time, yeah. Um, yeah. So you couldn't do and we got twelve collection medals over the weekend. So the number is expanding quite a lot. And if you miss one of those events, that's quite a lot you can't get. Rest assured, Al, it is killing me inside. <laughs> but I, I, I missed was, out on like 24. <laughs> I was actually so happy the first time they did an in-person one because I was like, well, I don't need to feel FOMO anymore. It, <laughs> I'm it's free. It, it's done, yeah. right? There's nothing I can do about this now. I will never have all of them and that's okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know that going into this weekend with the world tour that the biggest complaint is like, 
the shinies aren't as common or they didn't they didn't crank the shiny meter i'm sure it's going to be we, exactly the we same don't know yet. as what do we we don't know that yet though do we are people just assuming that oh i'm assuming it's going to be the same as the hoenn event last year where it was it was very yeah. obvious that the yeah. world shinies was not as turned up as like in person vegas but this is like a debate every year of like this GoFest didn't feel as good as the last GoFest, or I, we think Niantic nerf shinies this GoFest. Where like every time I've talked to Niantic after a GoFest, they're like, "Nope, it's the same as last year. We don't talk about shiny odds, but like we didn't. It's it's the same. It's the same percentage or whatever. Like they're like we don't change it, but they also didn't say like is the Vegas slash LA the same as a GoFest, or is it a little bit less, or is it a little bit more? And what does that compare to a Safari Zone? Is that a little bit less, or that's a little bit more? Yeah, because I, I mean, I've, I've like this event. I had seventy five. I remember the third GoFest, which was in Chicago. I went like the first four hours and got like one shiny. And then somebody had the audacity to look at me and they're like, why well, are you tapping and running away? Like, yeah, yes, I know how to play this game. Do you know how RNG works? I can see you getting so mad about that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to remember that RNG has no loyalty, right, to anybody for sure. Um, but like at the at the same time, though, uh, you know, game feel is an important thing to take into account. Right. So um, the conversation around it is fine. I think it is just up to us as the consumer to, uh, you know, really exercise our responsibility to <laughs> keep our expectations in check and understand how the mechanics work instead of just inventing things to make us feel a little bit better and drag other people down. Right. And that's just people on the Internet, man, you know. Tone, who we were playing with, they got four perfect Dialga Palkia. I think they got two perfect Dialga and two perfect Palkia. I didn't get any hundreds the entire weekend. Not, but also, not, but not also, a single one. But also in that, um, they didn't get a single shiny Dialga. So it's like four perfect ones, no shiny ones. <laughs> yeah. And I have a bunch of shinies, but literally no perfects. Like it, yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> And I also, I think, I think it's important to say, do not, like, there are cheaper ways to get shinies than going to an in-person Go event, right? Like, yeah, sure, you can get a lot of shinies, probably, by going into the in-person event, but that's very expensive. And it's fun, but if you go purely for shinies, you might be disappointed. But if you go for the experience and for the fun, that, you can't be disappointed then. Well, you probably can. Yeah, but. sure, 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 sure. You're unlikely to be. Yeah, I had a good time at this event. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, even without comparing it to Vegas, I think this was a stellar event. It it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the complaints are basically just, it took a while to get in. That's the main complaint that people had yeah. about the event. And, and that, I, I think they more than made up for that. Yeah, I think the extra... I think adding on a Friday before was worth it and i think adding the option for the sunday after was worth it and then it made the like oh we're gonna be in the car for two and a half hours not feel like a panic attack like we have all weekend it's okay <laughs> yeah. that we're in the car yeah. like we, we we gotta go to disney eventually we're just biting the bullet and going to disney now yeah i think it feels i'm not a huge fan of the fact that you have to pay for the city experience personally 
um i think it feels a little bit money grabby to me it's like you've paid to get there you've paid for the event you've even maybe even paid for your your raid and your egg pass um but if you want to actually get more of the event while you're there you have it felt a little bit not great having said that i paid for both days <laughs> because i wanted to experience that um and it's not a ridiculous amount of money considering considering everything that i like it's basically a rounding error in what i what i paid for the weekend right mm -hmm. but there's just something about it that rubs me the wrong way just in principle yeah i don't i don't really go to music festivals like outdoor music festivals and stuff but i know those tickets are pretty expensive and i like to people that don't play pokemon go that i run into and they ask how these events are like i always compare them to like a Lollapalooza or something like that right um where it's a lot of people outside sharing something that they enjoy. And so I suppose that the cost out of pocket, if you're really going to pay for all of it, is pretty similar by the end of the day um, in order to attend those sorts of events. But but yeah, I think the nickel and diming and the like the like the line items for everything that you want to do, like, oh, here's for hatching better, here's for raiding better, here's for another day, like that just wears on you, you know? Again, it's another optics thing. <laughs> yeah. But that's not new. I suppose. Wait till Niantic about. starts charging for the premium bathrooms like those music festivals do. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's right. Charge a little bit more for the fancier bathroom. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's our show. Um, by the time this goes up on Monday, the Pokemon Day will be the next day. Uh, if anything, I feel like I uh, this this program, maybe compared to other programs out there, have really set expectations in check. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like some parts of the internet thinks that Pokemon Day is about to announce like fourteen brand new games. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> when when Game Freak can barely make one game that works. <laughs> But, you know, we'll see. Um, and that's be, Pocket Card Jockey. Pocket Card Jockey's so good. Uh, I'll be streaming whatever presents thing in the morning on Twitch. If you missed that, I'll throw it up on YouTube afterwards. And then I'll be streaming that evening in case there's any, I don't know, just to, like, talk about the day and how disappointed everyone was. That's probably what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> it's like, yep, no one said that these games were coming, but here we are. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for making it to the end. If you're watching on YouTube and you need to comment something, comment whether you've gone to any of these events or if you would go to a future event or what it would take for you to go to an event. That'd be cool. Um, I always like to see what entices people to finally bite the bullet. Like something about this event enticed Al to fly across the world to attend. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think it was Cherubi. I don't think that. No. Maybe I just I, I wore wore my wife down eventually after many years of of talking about it. <laughs> All so basculin right. is what you're saying. Yeah, right. basculin. Gotcha, gotcha. I was like, look, yeah. I love routes. I love basculin. I need to experience I, this. Gotta I go. Do I do like routes? I think they are great fun once you actually have some routes to walk. Uh, all right uh, we'll probably be back later this week with some Pokemon Day thoughts thanks for listening thanks for making it to the end this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast and we are super walking with Basculin <laughs> super Ubers were excitingly much cheaper than New York effective
This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. A huge shout out to our producers, starting with Stephen, Kay, Tone, Stuart, Matthew, Bovine, Catherine, Josh, Jessica, Fumes, Courtney, Brian, Brady, and a huge shout out to our executive producer of Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you would like your name read at the end of the episode or you just want to support or you just want to support our podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T to support the show and to join our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next week.